It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's edition of the Locked On Nets podcast, we go into one of our favorite players who we hope is still on the Brooklyn Nets next year. That is Joe Harris. We break down his past season as well as if the Nets can retain him. All that and more coming up on Locked On Nets. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Nets podcast, continuing our player year in review and player preview series. You know, the, the NBA season has just ended. We waste no time. Uh, we've already hit you with uh, about six of the players already. And we have a good one for you today. A doozy in uh, the homegrown kid. I guess not homegrown because he grew up in Seattle, but someone that, you know, came through the Nets ecosystem, saw his former teammates, uh, LeBron and J.R. Smith get a ring just a couple of days ago. It is beef jerky Joe Harris, uh, Joey Hoops. But Marcus, how are you doing? I'm good. Uh, I'm very excited, Josh, to talk about Joe Harris. Um, could really do this anytime. You know, we could have a Joe Harris podcast literally uh, probably five times a week if we wanted to. But we'll we'll make this one extra special. I know. I know. I, I think uh, between me, you, and former host Gavin, uh, just three guys who love to talk about Joe Harris. <laughs> That is, that is what we're known for around these parts. Absolutely. But uh, of course, you can find us um, wherever you get your podcasts out there. We will be there. Give us a rating and review and, and subscribe, of course. We want to hear what you're thinking. And uh, also give us a shout on Twitter. Marcus is a much uh, funnier Twitter account than me. He's at Marcus Barahal. I'm at Bass underscore. And the podcast, the combined uh, wisdom and humor of the two of us is at Locked on Nets. Marcus, kick us off with uh, with Joe Harris, the year in review, and uh, just the just the, the good times that we had together. Yeah, I mean, Joe Harris, we've talked about it so many times. He has been the most consistent net for the last couple of years. Um, his game didn't really change much between this year and last year. Um, his three-point shooting came down a little bit, but that's kind of like bound to happen when you shoot as well as he did uh, in the year before in 2018, 2019. Um, He was at like 47% dropped to 42. Still incredible to be shooting 42% from three uh, and say that you had like a 5% drop off. That's pretty crazy. Um, One thing that he really improved on this year um, is his mid range game. His two point percentage went up from 52.8 to 55.3%. And the bulk of that came because his shots from 10 to 16 feet He improved that from about 31% to about 48%. So really from a guy who should not be shooting those shots to someone who's making them really consistently and to the point where it's like a shot that he probably should be taking uh, as uh, ineffective analytically as the mid-range can be if you're shooting it as well as Joe Harris shot it this past year. It's an okay shot. And I think that the play that really opened things up for him this year was kind of like coming off the curl and instead of 
either shooting or, or passing it back. He had a lot of times where he would pump and drive. And in the past, that kind of led to a lot of finishes at the rim where we've talked about it. You and Gavin have talked about it. He has always been kind of an underrated finisher at the rim. I think that maybe his reputation caught up to him a little bit. And so defense is kind of walled up a little bit more when he drove uh, from the three-point line. And so he said, all right, I'm just going to take this shot around the free throw line, maybe a little bit closer, maybe a floater. Um, and after not really taking it very much and not making it very much in the past, he stepped that up this year, showed that he can kind of shoot and score at all three levels now. So he's really developed into a complete offensive player. Um, he's a great rebounder, which we've talked about. Doesn't always show up in the numbers, though his rebounding did go up a little bit this year. Um, but he's just so good at like boxing out off the ball, allowing those other guys to get the rebounds and, and kind of push the pace in transition if it's a guard or throw a quick outlet, if it's DJ or Jared Allen. So really just like, I don't have many complaints at all about Joe Harris's game. Um, and I hope they bring him back because he is very fun to watch. Yeah, no, I mean, he is like the single least controversial player <laughs> that you can imagine. I think it's a great point to like the evolution of his game. Like obviously when he was at UVA, like he was a, a decent scorer and obviously like a good player for them but he was most known as a three-point shooter and he came into the nba as that kind of being at second round pick playing in the g league a bit and he knew that obviously he got a lot better as a three-point shooter quickened up his release being able to shoot off the catch and and a bit off the dribble also and just like more off the move but he knew that if he wanted to be a successful player in this league he'd need to do something more and round out his game so he was able to get to the basket more and really improving his handle and understanding how to use his body to shield off defenders, which I think he does better than anyone in the league. That's like not a superstar. Um, and then, you know, once he did that and realized kind of like the Spencer Dimity problem where you're only taking threes and layups, it's great, but you know, you do need to have kind of a, a break in case of an emergency mid range game. And he was able to improve that. Like he didn't shoot 70% at the rim that he did two years ago which I think was like an outlier. And that's when everyone's like, Oh, Joe Harris says like the best shooter at the rim of any guard. Um, but he's, you know, been stable at 65% the last two years. And it just goes to show he knows how to pick his spots. He knows how to use his body. He's not just chucking for the sake of chucking. He is such a smart player and such a joy to watch on offense. Um, you know, he has been so huge as a stabilizing force to the, for this Nets team. It's what we talked about in the KD pod yesterday, that he's like going to be so, Obviously, it's a different level because KD's a Hall of Famer and one of the best ever, but he's not taking anything off the table. Joe Harris is that same way, but a wing version. And I'm just worried if the Nets were to lose him, kind of the, the repercussions that we don't see coming because he's not a superstar, but that could very well be there. The improved Built Bar is even more delicious than before. They've got 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut options. And here are their six new ones. You've got caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. Come on. These bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off of your next order. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. 
Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You know, I don't have anything to nitpick in his game besides the fact that um, you know, he's not a particularly good free throw shooter or this year struggled a little bit on limited attempts, only 72%, which I don't really care about. The only thing I care more about is that because he's such a good three point shooter, he often gets picked a lot to do, to take the technical free throw. And he's mm-hmm. probably not the best person to be doing it. Um, just based on percentage. Yeah. I don't remember who the broadcaster was, but there was some national broadcast in the bubble where, TLC took the the technical foul shot and Joe Harris was on the floor. I think it was maybe one of the Van Gundys, but they were like, why is Joe Harris not shooting the, the free throw? It like, that's a good point, Josh. Cause I think people assume like if you're a good three point shooter, you're like always a good free throw shooter. And yeah, I mean, Joe has been like solid at the line in the past, but he did struggle this year. Um, kind of similar to what we saw with Jared Allen. I don't know what the, the cause of that is, but the nets have kind of had those struggles at the line. So I don't know. That's yeah. like the one thing to work on for him. Yeah. He's like, I mean, he's 83% uh, the two seasons before this, but 72% yeah. this year. It's like, it's like LeBron, obviously LeBron's a much worse three point shooter than Joe Harris, but like he never really got better at free throws. He always kind of stagnated in that like mm-hmm. low seventies. Yeah. I mean, it's really tough. Like we talked about KD on the last pod, like as incredible of a shooter as he is, like he still only shoots like 90% at the line, 88% at the line. So like, once you get above like a certain number, like maybe 75, I think it's kind of tough to, to like keep pushing that higher and higher. Only 90%. <laughs> well, I just mean like, I don't know. I've seen like things on Twitter or like articles and, and videos and stuff where it's like, why, why doesn't like Steph Curry shoot like 99% at the line or, or Kevin Durant shoot like 99% at the line. Like you would think they're like, they're so good. They're literally the best we have in the world at, at shooting a basketball. There's no one guarding them. They're wide open. Like these should be like, you would think they would make them a hundred percent of the time, but like, I don't know. Uh, it, I don't know. There's, there's for some reason you, you just can't make a certain amount. I don't know why. Yeah. Well now they have um, possibly the goat free throw shooter ever to learn from Steve Nash. Mm, yeah. That's a great point. If, if they threw Nash out there in a uniform with Kyrie, Joe Harris and KD, that's, that's some shooting. Yeah, and I think I'd want Nash to take the technical. Yes, him or uh, Kyrie, maybe Kyrie. I don't know. A lot of options there. Exactly, exactly. A lot. You literally cannot go wrong with. Maybe then you don't Um, give it to TLC. That's the only time. Yeah, Kyrie, paltry, eighty-seven point seven percent career compared to Nash, ninety point four. Nash being career ninety is is crazy. I mean, yeah, yeah. Him and Steph's ninety point six. Yeah, that's that's absurd, and it's still like I said, like. That means that they miss 10% of the time, which also seems crazy. Yep. Uh, no, it, it is actually when you think about it. Um, it's like one of those things where you're shocked a guy misses it when you're watching a game or like if they ever yeah. do miss in a row, it's like the craziest thing you've ever seen. Um, but as much as I love to talk about free throw shooting <laughs> the entire time, how do you see, obviously the Nets are going to have a lot more weapons next year. You're going to have KD. You're hopefully going to have a healthy Kyrie who's going to play more than 20 games. Um, you know, you have Levert who obviously ascended during the bubble. So if he can stay healthy, you have Dinwiddie who uh, has been a rock for the Nets the last few years. How do you see Joe fitting in on this team? I guess from just like a, a, a workload perspective, a minutes perspective, obviously 
the one thing you could criticize about this Nets team is that they don't have much size on the perimeter and not a ton of, um, you know, stopper type guys. And Joe kind of being a smaller three, obviously one that's very strong and capable of executing a team concept, but not someone who's going to be, you know, uh, a Jimmy Butler shutdown guy by any stretch. Like, how do you see him fitting in this team if the Nets are able to make a deep run and get, you know, at least to the second round? And I think uh, second round is kind of a bare minimum for it not being a disappointing season. Yeah, I mean, to your point about his size and and kind of what position he is, he played, I think, 80% of his minutes at the small forward this year, 10% at the shooting guard, 10% at the power forward. So, yeah, he's pretty much exclusively like a three when he's on the floor. But I don't know. I think I, I would definitely trust him uh, in like crunch time of, of like a finals game. Like, I mean, the Lakers had KCP out there who Joe's a better shooter. He's uh, just a better player kind of in general. And like, I don't know. I don't think there's going to be as much kind of like matchup hunting as we've seen the last few years. I think that's sort of going out of out of style a little bit. I mean, we saw the Lakers try to get Duncan Robinson switched onto LeBron at times in the finals. And like, I don't know, just like the way that the defenses are constructed now, maybe it's just that Miami is especially well coached and has like Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo on the floor to kind of offer weak side help. But I think the more that teams kind of like infuse like aspects of zone defense into what they're doing, they can kind of shade and make it so that an individual defender who's uh, maybe overmatched has like help on the back lines and, and the defense is kind of like collapsed a little bit to kind of shade and prevent the drive. We saw that uh, when Karis Levert was kind of being stonewalled by the Raptors. Like if there's a guy who's like not a phenomenal shooter, like teams are going to sag a little bit to kind of deny the drive on those switches. So from an individual defense perspective, I'm actually not that worried about him. And we talked about it earlier. He's a great team rebounder. Um, so I think he'd fit really well. Obviously he's a great shooter and yeah, he's just the kind of guy who, even if he's not getting, you know, 10, 12 shots in a game, like if he's only getting six shots or whatever, he'll be fine and he'll get a couple of rebounds. He'll get a couple of assists. He'll like tip a ball to somebody like he, he's always active, always running around and just being out there, even if he's not making his shots, like the gravity he brings is still going to be a positive for the team. Yeah, no, um, for sure. I mean, he, yeah, there's no way that he can be like a net anything but like a strong net positive even. Um, yeah. I mean, like we, we, we say Joe Harris has a better uh, sense of, of angles and Instagram models, but you could also call him George Clooney because the guy just um, exudes gravity and everything just is pulled uh, towards him. So a, a lot of pop culture references in Joe Harris, a lot of similarities there, like with the Brooklyn hipster beer, he's just kind of like, an amalgamation of all these things that uh, people talk about all day on Twitter. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, the fact that he literally plays for Brooklyn uh, thrown into that. Yeah. And I mean, just the gravity he brings, we've seen it with like star players like Steph with the Warriors, but like there's games for Joe Harris. Like I was just kind of looking through some of his, his best and, and like some of his not as good games, but like there's one game where he was two of eight from three against the bulls. Um, and he was plus 16 in that game and the Nets won by six and like just him being out there taking those shots is like stretching the defense. Maybe he misses some, but like if the defense is like scrambled to try to run and close out at him, maybe that opens up an offensive rebound opportunity or uh, whatever it is like the, the, just him moving around. Maybe he makes a cut and because they're worried about him, they turn their head and somebody else 
it has a wide open shot. Like just being out there, he doesn't have to make every single shot he takes, but the fact that he kind of could is like enough. Exactly. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like I lost my mojo or we avoid it altogether with excuses like I've had a long day at work or I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan, and if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOn today, and if approved, you'll get $50 off your first month of ED treatment, a free online visit, and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOn for $50 off your first month of ED treatment. GetRoman.com slash LockedOn. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. I mean, like the, with the Nets, it doesn't really matter when you think about all the weapons, like it doesn't really matter who's going to be taking the shot because everyone's so efficient. I think the biggest thing, actually, you know, I guess Dimity and Levert are the only ones that aren't, and Torian Prince, um, <laughs> and even count him as part of the core. So it's like, I think for them, it's about managing the egos and not turning the ball over and then kind of just being at least like sound on defense. And the rest is going to take care of itself. Yeah, totally. And to that point, like Joe Harris, no ego, <laughs> like, not going to turn it over because he's not really doing too much with the ball. So uh, kind of ideal for what this team needs. So they should really bring him back. Yeah, for sure. What kind of contract do you think it's going to get? That's a good question. I don't know. Um, His last one was obviously way, way under what he wound up being worth. It was two years, 16 million. And I think he actually made more the first year of it than the second year, which is kind of rare. Um, So he was making less than 8 million this past season. He's obviously going to get much more than that. Um, I don't know. I don't know about the years, but in terms of like an annual value, I don't know, maybe like 20 million. Like I could really, I don't know. I could see it in, in with the cap being. Yeah. That no. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. I don't know. It it really depends what they do with the cap, but like in pre COVID world, maybe. Yeah. I was thinking like, I was thinking four for 64, maybe four for 70 before COVID. Mm-hmm. Now, so like 16, 17. Yeah. A year. Now after this, I'm thinking like, you know, four for 50, say four for 60 sounds reasonable, or maybe even try to do three years mm-hmm. and do 50 million. So extend, you know, up the value a little bit, but shorten the number of years. Um, yeah. It will be safe. Because, I mean, in three or four years, in three years, 
the Nets team is going to look drastically different. I think it's just a reality. Yeah. I mean, that's when KD and, and Kyrie, they signed those four-year deals. Um, so yeah, if you want to like line that all up to be like, okay, we will give ourselves the option to bring these guys back uh, in a couple of years, but also there's the option of we could just have a completely different team. So yeah, I, I think that makes sense to give him a deal that kind of lines up with those other guys. Yeah, I think also like it's 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 a bit atypical, but I think there has to be like a little bit of a recruiting process here also with someone that's on your existing team because you have Joe Harris who's been on the team for you know four seasons now, become a fan favorite, an integral part, and you have these two new guys coming in in KD and Kyrie, and you know if there's friction there because of the Kate the Kyrie comment about not naming Joe Harris and part of the core, I can't imagine Joe Harris is like upset over that. But I do think it's actually really important for KD and Kyrie to like sell Joe Harris on staying, you know, because the Nets aren't going to be the highest offer. They're just not. Joe Harris is too consistent of a player, fits uh, with the modern NBA too well. And there's so many teams out there that need shooting that are going to be going after him and have more cap flexibility than the Nets and can offer him more shots and a larger role. They need to prioritize him and, and help him understand how important he's going to be to this team and that they really, really, really want him here. It's not enough for just Sean Marks to do it. It's not enough for Steve Nash to do it. Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, Jarrett Allen, who cares? It has to come from the top because you have two guys that, you know, played a pretty big part in Kenny Atkinson not being the coach anymore. And Kenny was was Joe's guy. That's kind of the guy that gave Joe that chance and really developed him and allowed him to be uh, a player that's now getting kind of that 15 to $16 million contracts that we're talking about now. So I think it's really important that those guys reiterate kind of um, that they want him there and and kind of as an integral part of this team that has championship aspirations. That's a great point. I mean, I've seen Kyrie and KD talk about how they're excited to play with Spencer or Karis or or DeAndre. um, But the two guys that haven't really been mentioned, I feel like, are Jared Allen and, and Joe Harris. And so in Allen's case, I don't know, maybe it's because they have DJ and so they're like, he's the starter. Um, or they're just planning to trade him. But for Joe Harris, yeah, it doesn't really make sense. Um, he seems like he'd be great to play with for those guys, just kind of spotting up, uh, doing what he does. So I think that's going to be a real key is for them to make clear, like, we do, we want to play with this guy. This guy is probably going to be a starter next year if he's on the team. Like, we want him here. Um, and yeah, just to make that clear, if that is how they feel, which I hope it is. Yeah, no, I hope it is too. Because if not, then we, we have a lot of of uh, other more deep-seated problems, I think. Uh, and it does not bode well for the Nets championship hopes. No, not at all. <laughs> gotta have Joe. Exactly. Uh, gotta, gotta have Joe. We'll, we'll hopefully have Joe uh, in January, both in uh, the White House and in Brooklyn. <laughs> not too- but felt, felt it was apropos there. Two great Joes. <laughs> exactly. Also, exactly. I... I I don't know if we've talked about this. Joe Harris. It's both. Kamala oh, Harris. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's great. That's great. <laughs> Joe Harris 2020. Yep. And, uh, and I'm sure you've seen um, the, uh, the, the five-star power forward in the class of 2027, Kamala Biden. <laughs> I thought this was going to be a real person yeah, for a second. We had, uh, we had Denny yep. Vidya before. He, he can already step out and hit the three at the age of 14. Wow, that kid's going places. Exactly. And uh, hopefully you think this podcast is too. Uh, give us a shout and let us know what you're thinking. And we have uh, another, we're just heavy hitters. KD, 
Joe Harris, and Kyrie Irving tomorrow. Hear what we have to say on uh, Kyrie, the tumultuous season that he had, and you know, can he get back on on track uh, as a net and, and be part of this uh, championship team and, and lead them back uh, with the championship pedigree that he has and, and kind of uh, into their winning ways. It'll be interesting to see that, and we'll have it all. Josh, yeah. can I can I give you one more Joe Harris note before we go? Oh yes, please do. Okay, so this is just this is a little miscellaneous, but I, I had to throw it in. Um, Joe Harris. Mondays through Thursdays this year, minus 4.4, 37% from three, 13 points a game. Joe Harris, Friday through Sunday, plus 8.6, 46.5% from three, 16 points a game. He, he thrives, Josh, Friday through Sunday. He's a weekend guy. Is that because he's a long-distance girlfriend, or, or what's, the, what's the thoughts there? Whoa, oh, okay. That you hit, you hit me with that. Um, Sorry, I, I, we, maybe we should have led with this. I don't know. We should have led with this. We should have led with this. That the Nets need to try to get all their games scheduled Friday through Sunday. Um, I really do think it's because, like, you know, he doesn't strike me as like a big partier type anyway. You know, he's pretty low key. He's probably just like FaceTiming with his girlfriend, getting a, a good night's sleep um, on those days when others are out there. So it's like for him, you know, you could say a lot of people are, are worse for the wear um, Friday through Sunday and like the quality of players down for him. He's just the same as he is Monday through Thursday, but he's playing against, you know, worse relative competition. And Definitely. when you think about it, the time difference, his girlfriend's five hours ahead. So it's not like, you know, he has to stay up late for her. If she wants to go to bed at, at 1am, you know, he's, he's hanging up and that's 8pm for him. So, you know, he's maybe just hanging out watching a movie and he's getting a great night's sleep because he has nothing else to do. That's a great point. You know, I, we need to just like look into the love life. I think of everyone on the nets and see if we can set them up with a, with a London girlfriend. Exactly. Maybe can we like try to get Torian Prince's uh significant other, just like uh, to relocate to, to London for a season. <laughs> that could wake him up. Take him yeah, from, from exactly. 36% or whatever he is to, to 44. Just bump him up. Yeah, no, it really could. I think this is like, um, you know, there's, there's analytics and, you know, in kind of the, the game itself, but it's really about those off the court relationship analytics, I think are the mm. next frontier for a lot of those savvy teams. That's true. Daryl Morey doesn't want to talk about this, but we, we're talking about yeah. it. Yeah. Daryl hit, hit us up, hit us up, get him <laughs> the job with the Rockets. All right. That was all. Okay. Well, I think great note <laughs> to end on, and we will be back tomorrow to talk Kyrie. Bye. Hey, prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.